Good morning, everybody. How many of you love Crossroads Church? Man, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but it's going to be kind of like this place, man. Let's give everybody that went public with baptism today, give them a great hand. We love you so much. If you've never gone public with your faith, go to the Information Center, get signed up there, go to the website, get signed up there, call our office, talk to your small group leader, let us know. We want to help you get to this place. We do this many times each year. Today, over 50 people. Um, we celebrate a couple of hundred baptisms every year here at Crossroads Church. It's just amazing. Hey, as we get going today, you're going to hear a short message. Have you ever heard a short sermon you didn't love? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Can I get a better amen for short sermons? Our pastor is so, such a great presenter. It is so aware of our time, and I'm going to do the same this morning. If you listen quick, we're going to get done here quick. Um, I, I want to remind you of something. I've been in the pastorate um, since around my early 30s. Before that, my first ministry, I was a Christian rock musician. Back, yeah, back in the days, yeah, back when in, in the days where most of you would have thought it was of the devil back then. How many of you know what I mean? And, and of course, you know, um, during that time, I had the privilege of touring America several times and literally attending hundreds of different churches. And we, we realized that there was a huge controversy concerning grace way back, and it still exists in the church today. And I want to speak to you briefly about the controversy of grace. We found ourselves in Mississippi. My wife and I and our band were heading to go do a concert in North Mississippi, and it, it was way back in the country. Now, I'm familiar with Mississippi. My mother's from there. My father's from there. I've got people buried all over Mississippi. <laughs> You understand? So I'm comfortable there. But this was so far back in the country, it was a little scary. Uh, like, like driving into the church, I heard the banjos. Dang, 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 dang. For those of you that are movie buffs, you get the reference. It's scary. We do this concert. God moved. It was a good time. And the next, that evening after the concert, the pastor's like, well, well, bud, man, we would love you guys to stay over and sing in the morning at our church. And I wanted to say no. I know I should have said no. I, I know. But for some reason, it's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> and we did, and we found ourselves in the middle of a country Pentecostal church in North Mississippi. Now, I was raised, ever since I got saved when I was 15 years old, we were in a Pentecostal church like Crossroads. We clapped, we sang, you might have somebody dancing, we really got into our worship, but this was a whole nother level, it was scary. <laughs> and I literally didn't know what to do. My buddy, other members of the band were picking on me like, hey, in a minute, they're going to bring out the snakes. <laughs> and I was like, where do you reckon they want a back door? That's what I was thinking because I'm going to make one. You know, I'm getting out of here. Well, I I'm going to tell you that the testimony service came after the singing and a lady stood up and began to testify. And I don't remember the gentleman's name she was referring to. I'm going to call him Purvis Wheat because that's a funny Mississippi name. <laughs> I have family named Purvis there. And she says, oh, Purvis Week died. He was in his 80s. And somebody from this church went down to his house and supposedly led him to Jesus right before he died. Let me tell you, I don't believe in no deathbed salvation. If you're not man enough to live for God, God don't care if you die. And she's testifying about this in church. And I was thinking, what is this pastor going to say to this? 
And so the pastor stands up and shuts down the testimony service and says, you know, ma'am, you've put yourself on the throne of God. You don't even know anything about the thief on the cross, do you? You shouldn't judge like that. And he just called her out in front of the whole church. And I look forward to seeing Purvis Wheat in heaven one day. <laughs> here's the stressor. Here's, here's what goes on. We would all agree that Romans 5, 8 is true. God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We would believe that's true. Here's where, here's where the stressor or the controversy of grace comes in. In Paul's teachings in the second chapter of Ephesians, he says this, for by grace you've been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If he would have stopped right there, it would have been really, really, really no controversy of grace, but here's how he continues. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that's the controversy of grace, that we are saved by grace and that grace produces good works. And nowhere in scripture does it say that your good works produces grace. But that's the controversy. We get so churched that we begin to think that what God is doing in us, it's the evidence of the grace, and we begin to relate that to the grace. Let me just take on this controversy. First, of all, first and foremost, God saves us by grace. No one would argue with this point, but somehow it's human nature to move from grace to performance. It's just human nature. It's not about you or me. It's just our nature to do that. My entire pastorate, I have seen people do this. One man really comes to mind. He came to our church and he got saved. He was a Teamster, largest union in America. And here's what he did for the Teamsters. He beat people up that weren't following the union's way. And he was very, very bragging about that. And he he, he literally was addicted to two or three different devices. He was not faithful to his wife as he traveled. Um, he, he's making these confessions, you know. He had a mouth like a sailor. Just, just, and God did a work of grace in his life. Can I tell you that three years later, you wouldn't recognize this man. He, he knew the word of God. He was a witness in the community. And I remember the day at about the fourth year, he calls me and he said, Pastor, can you come by my house and have a cup of coffee? That was his code word is, I want to talk to you. So I stopped by, and he begins to tell me over coffee. He says, I don't understand what's going on at our church. This morning, I saw somebody walk into church, and I saw her belly. It's like her whole belly. She, I saw her belly. And I said, well, 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 well buddy, was, was it my wife? <laughs> I knew my wife dressed modest. He said, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Miss Yo. I said, was it another one of our pastor's wives? Maybe, no, it wasn't any, was it a small group leader? No, it was nobody, I didn't know her. And I said, well, maybe, maybe she needed Jesus. Maybe that's why she was here. And, and buddy, aren't you glad that four years ago, I didn't stand at the door of our church and, and keep out all the sick people that needed a hospital? Aren't you glad I let a teamster who was a hit man literally come to church and get saved? But how does he move from such a position of grace 
to such a position of performance that he would begin to judge others. That's the controversy of grace. And we see religions all around the world, not just Christianity, but religions all around the world are based on these same principles. The Abrahamic religions, meaning the religions that came from Abraham. When God spoke to Abraham and he had faith in God, we see Judaism, right? Judaism has over 630 laws that they have to adhere to to earn the favor of God. We see the Muslim people that come out of, uh, out of the Abrahamic um, religions. And, and they live according to the Quran, and it is strict adherence to, to the law. And, and that's how they gain favor with Allah, what they call God. Hinduism. Hinduism is, is a word that simply means the religions of India. All the people of India literally live in a state of trying to do good works so they can be reincarnated through karma into a higher form when they come back to earth. And eventually they can be reincarnated into a God, which is the new age religion. But it's still based on their works. And then Buddhism is an attempt to eliminate your ego, like being selfless totally. So when you're a really good Buddhist, it's all about your ability and your good works. Christianity is not like that. True Christianity, it's not about what you do. It's about what's been done for you. Now, in Christianity, it's divided into two sects, literally. There's traditional Christianity, which is the old world Protestant churches and, and many of the traditional churches of the world, and you, and you are very familiar with those. And the entire system is based on the merits you do in order to earn God's favor to get to heaven, Right? And then there's a sect of Christianity called biblical Christianity. And to this day, we know that those are the fastest growing churches in the world because they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm happy to announce to you that Crossroads is a biblical Christianity church. Yes, absolutely. And we don't have a system of do's or don'ts that we have to adhere to to earn favor our favor came because Jesus died on the cross for us. And whenever you live by a system of legalism, here, here's what happens. You adhere to that merit system, you, you, you really begin to feel like you're earning salvation and like you are doing this on your own. And then it becomes a point of pride. You begin to take pride in the fact that, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't curse anymore. I don't have those vices anymore. I don't dress like that anymore. I don't go there no more. I don't do this anymore. I don't do this anymore because I am a Christian. And boy, that pride starts building up. And boy, let me tell you, that pride, none of, none of that pride is from God. As a matter of fact, your status, because you're doing all the good things that you think is earning you some sort of favor with God. Let me just explain this to you. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, what God would rather have you in a place of humility saying, oh, yet by the grace of God, I would be under that bridge. Yet by the grace of God, I would be addicted to those drugs. Yet by the grace of God, I wouldn't have the marriage I have. That's the proper place to keep the controversy of grace at bay. So we are saved by grace. Second, we stay by grace. We stay with Christ 
by his grace. In the first century church, there was a major disagreement between two church leaders. Two of the most famous church leaders, as a matter of fact. The Apostle Paul, who was, who, who was called to the Gentiles, and the disciple Peter, who was, who, who was really um, called to the Jews and really ministered salvation to the Jews. They had this great controversy about, about this point. Peter wanted everybody that converted that were Gentiles to get circumcised. Now that's not a church growth model. How many will get that? And can I get a better amen from the men in the house? That's not how you grow a church. And and that's not how this church, the first century church would have grown. And Paul came against Peter. And the whole book of Galatians is really about that disagreement. It came to a head there. And he said this, Paul said in Galatians, the third chapter, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you or bewitched you? That's, that's really just who's fooled you? Before our very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works or of the law? or by believing what you heard. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you trying to finish by means of the flesh? And and Paul settles the controversy. And Peter comes into agreement with him. And they settle it out. And we have to settle it too, because if you don't stay by God's grace, where do you place your struggles? Where do you place your weaknesses as Christians? Because none of us are so good that, that, that we would proclaim ourselves to be perfect. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 talks about this. He said, it seems like the things I want to do, I don't do. And all the things I don't want to do, those are the things I'm getting done. And he says, anything you see in me, that is good. It is Christ crucified in me. That's what you see. That's all you see. Thank all of you that just clapped. It was like seven of you. Thank you so much. That's encouraging. I will come down there and clap for myself. <laughs> if, if, if you do. Second Corinthians, check this out. The Apostle Paul talks about how he was given a thorn in his flesh. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And he said, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I prayed to God twice to take it away from me. And God didn't. And he said it was put there to give me humility, that I would not grow prideful for what God has shown me, right? So he had faults, and he said this about his faults. I love this. When, when he beckoned God to take it away from him, God spoke this word to him. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Let me tell you, we stay by grace. And thirdly, we overcome by grace. Let me settle the controversy Grace is not your permission to sin. I I see this in churches across America. And in our modern culture, we grieve when we see this. Major, major churches across America who just think, it's your right to sin. Just do whatever. God took care of this. That is not how the Bible describes grace. Grace does not give us a license to sin. Grace gives us the power to overcome sin. That's what it does. Romans, the sixth chapter. 
What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Grace doesn't give you permission to sin. Grace gives you the power to overcome sin. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. You can't earn it. You can't purchase it. All you can do is accept it and receive it from God. True story. I'm counseling a couple recently. I say recently, in the last two years. And they begin to turn the counseling table on me in the office. And I love doing marriage counseling. It's part of our ministry here at Crossroads Church in pastoral care, and I just love it. And I was really, really in about the second session with this one couple, and they begin to turn the table on me. He, he began to ask me, so tell me about your marriage. <laughs> like, what do you want to know? <laughs> and, you know, I've been married 35 years, happily married 35 years. Um, to my wife, we got married very young, raised each other. And um, literally, he began to ask me, well, what do you say about this? And what do you say about this? How do you treat her when she calls you or when you're running late um, from, from your office? How do you treat her whenever there's, um, you know, how does she react whenever there's another lady who she's feeling threatened by? And he's starting to ask me all these questions. And I said, bro, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get a list of what you should do? <laughs> Is that what you, he said, I'm, I'm making notes. Like, like I, I want to act like you act, you know, <laughs> 35 years. And, and it hit me like a ton of bricks that, that you can't get love by acting a certain way. Your love for your wife causes you to act a certain way. How, how many of you get that? You get that. And that's the truth about the grace of God. And, and I want you to really get this statement. You can't generate grace by trying to do within your own power what grace produces in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to get this. You can't generate grace by trying to do within your own power what grace produces in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. All you're going to get is discouraged. You know why? You're not good enough. You know why? I'm not good enough. So let's settle the controversy of grace. What should I do? What should I do? I want to give you four things real quickly in this closing statement. Stay in love with Jesus. You want the grace of God in your life? Stay in love with Jesus. The reason I don't do the things that I don't do is because I love the Lord. Right? The greatest commandment is given in Matthew, the, 27th, the 22nd chapter, by Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's where it begins. Two, resist the gravity to judge others. Remember that you have issues. Like, like when you're looking at them and you don't understand why and, and this and that. Hey, just realize God gives grace to the humble. Just be humble. Right? Third, resist the pride of performance. Remember, you can't earn it. Every good choice I've ever made is because of Jesus in me. Are, are you getting that? 
I, I can tell you this. My pastor is right here on the front row. I don't respect and love another man more than I do him. And I'm going to tell you, he would, if he were standing here right now, he would tell you the same thing. That everything good you see in Pastor Jeff is Christ in him. That's what it is. It's a manifestation of Christ. And then fourthly, don't live under condemnation. Man, don't live under condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You don't have to be condemned. Hey, you can come to church. You know what? You have struggles. Join the family. We all have struggles. Aren't you glad we're not the the hospital that's not letting sick people in? (laughs) Hey, everybody in our hospital, we don't have no sickness here. We don't let them in here. (laughs) That's how we keep it clean up in here. No, no, that's not the church you're part of. This is the hospital for the hurting. And we open the door by the grace of God for all to come. For all to come. And that is how you settle the controversy of grace. 